1: Welcome into the latest episode of the 5 Reasons Podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here as always with Chris Whittingham. Now that you've found us, make sure that you hit the subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast provider, whether it's iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, CastBox, Spotify, or any of the other podcast Providers also check out the other now 13 podcasts in our network. That includes two on the Miami Dolphins, three yards per carry, which has been running circles around everybody else when it's come to the Ryan Tannehill story. They will have another update this week that's now five updates uh, that others have ignored and then later Adam Gase has confirmed. And also the fish tank. They sat down with Marty Booker, former Mm -hmm. Dolphins receiver. It's a fun episode. I just actually saw a clip of it where Marty goes through the, I believe, 18 quarterbacks he played with in the NFL, and 17 of them were not good. And then he got <laughs> Matt Ryan at the very end of his career where he can <laughs> I mean, barely walk. Poor Marty Booker, man. Cause, poor, cause poor like, Marty like, Booker.
2: Is there is there a franchise in the last 20 years that has had more difficulty at quarterback than the Bears and the Dolphins? The Browns. Well, oh, yeah, the Browns. That, yeah, that's, that's, the, a, the, I, that's, the, that's the, a blind spot by me. But yeah, the,
1: there, the, there aren't very many more. No, the Browns. Um, uh, And Chris Chambers, of course, dealt with a very similar uh thing here when he
2: played with Phil Rivers yeah
1: at the very end but then he noticed the uh you know he noticed at the end what a difference it was compared to everybody else that he had played with so yes we're going to get into uh, a lot of stuff here on the Dolphins and the rest of the network this week, but we are going to cover the Dolphins today only because we contractually have to, because we decided before the season. Is, it, is this like
2: we, a self contract? Like a reimposing Yeah. Day? Like is this it's even ba- in
1: writing? <laughs> uh, this is ba- this is basically. <laughs> I mean, what what do you call? It? I mean, this is mad. You know, Santa masochism essentially. Uh, we decided before the season that we would do a a football episode. After every weekend, um, and so we don't want to talk about the Canes at all. Um, I, I, I don't see the need to speak about them ever again. Actually, they're, they're ever again, five,
2: like next year. Well,
1: well, they're now five and eight. They're now five and eight. Their last thirteen games, of their best win is a one, either a one point home win against FSU, where they got the benefit of a friendly call at the end, or. A win against FIU. Those are the two best wins in the past thirteen games. So we're not going to devote a lot of time to that. They've lost four but straight. You,
2: you said ever though. Like, can we like at least? Uh, what if like in tw- twenty nineteen they get off to do a good start?
1: All right, maybe we'll talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's not like we have a lot of other options in this market. Right. So yeah. we'll, kind of so we'll what we can get at this point. I, I mean, we can't do Panthers all the time, right? Like that's. Right. I mean, it's basically. even then, left- there, are,
2: are they still? Uh, either bottom or second from bottom in the Eastern conference.
1: They've won four in a row. They've so got games just, in
2: hand. They've got games in hand, but I still they, believe that they're, they're bottom amazing. of the Eastern conference. They have decades in hand. Actually, <laughs> that's how it's played out. They're, for the se- they're over second the from bottom. Years. They're second from bottom in the Eastern conference. Come on, Panthers.
1: They're not bottom. Okay. But we're going to talk <laughs> dolphins. Cause we said that we would. And so we have to, and we had another watch party today at uncle Al's in sunrise, uh, had a good time. There had, Uh, You know, guys from, I think, seven of the different podcasts were there. So thanks for everybody who came out. Um, But again, we lost. Uh, We're now 0-6 in watch parties. I don't believe that we can count switching to the Panther game at about (laughs) 5 o'clock on one of the televisions because we were in Sunrise and the bartender didn't know what the hell we were talking about. You literally could have run run over to BB&T Center from where we were. And when we asked for the Panthers game, I think he meant—I think he thought we meant Cam Newton—but he 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 did put on the game for us. We got to see the Panthers score five goals in the second period. But I'm not going to claim it. We're we're zero six in watch. We didn't rebrand
2: as a Rams watch party. Uh,
1: Well, we should have (laughs) rebranded as a Packers watch party today, and maybe they would have lost. Uh, But obviously, it hasn't gone well for the Dolphins. We're going to try to get into some topics here. And as we're talking, I've started a firestorm on Twitter. Um, because I did not realize, Chris, I I was not aware that there are still, and we call these dolphin zombies. Um, there are still so many gay stands and, and this one's more surprising. So many Tannehill stands on Twitter. Like I did not know, like you say, I've carved out the anti gay corner. I I mean, I I didn't know there was still a Tannehill stand corner on the internet. And apparently that's
2: surprising to me.
1: Uh, yeah, apparently there is because all I've done, I'm just going to give you some of this stuff and we're going to play off of this. All right. Um, I mean, I had someone call most awful, uh, awful take, uh, so far that I've ever provided, which, I mean, there's a lot of takes in there. Uh, you know, I would say 98% of which are right, but of the 2% that are wrong, uh, (laughs) 98% you're saying is your batting average that 98.6. It's like, you know, the normal temperature. Um, So here we go. I I threw this up here today, and I'm just going to let this sit. Um, Brock Osweiler for the Dolphins this year, 63.5%. Ryan Tannehill, 65.9%. Brock Osweiler, 7 yards per attempt. Ryan Tannehill, 7.5 yards per attempt. Brock Osweiler, 6 touchdowns and 4 interceptions. Ryan Tannehill, 8 touchdowns and 5 interceptions. On the face of it, I mean – there's not that big a difference. And I understand the eye test. We're getting a lot of eye test stuff here on Twitter that by the eye test, Tannehill is much better. And yes, Tannehill is better. I've never argued that Tannehill is not better than, than Osweiler. He's better, but he's not Rogers over Hunley better. He's not Rogers over Kaiser better. He's not Brady over Hoyer better. Okay. He's not breeze over. uh, Who's the back bridge bill. The next dolphin quarterback Bridgewater better. Okay. (laughs) Right. I mean, he's, I mean, He's, he's slightly better, slightly better. I mean, we're talking about he's maybe a 5.5 out of 10, and Osweiler's a 4.5. Like, it's not that great a difference. And the reason I put those stats out there is because people are excusing Adam Gase, and I know you're going to do some of that on the podcast, but people are excusing Adam Gase because he's without his starting quarterback. And they keep throwing this, what, 11-6 and six with Gase and Tannehill together mm-hmm. uh, out there at me. And what I'm saying is that those people are not accounting for the inherent similarity between his quarterbacks, plus the fact that he picked both quarterbacks. No, he didn't pick Ryan Tannehill originally, but he chose to stay with him and not He's had give many
2: time. opportunities to distance himself from Tannehill. If he wanted to, if he wanted to come in here and say, I get to pick the quarterback, I imagine they would have allowed him to do that.
1: And he was there when they extended him. So I'm not excusing him for that. And look, I know people are saying he didn't really want Osweiler. Others wanted Osweiler again. Gase is the quarterback guru. He was supposed to handle the quarterback room. And these are the quarterbacks that they have. Okay. And so this idea, again, that we're excusing Adam Gase for, and I'm going to throw it out there again, Chris today. Um, You were not at the watch party yet because you were doing your, your thing that you do for QAM and, and uh, you know, pre dolphin game. And then also at halftime, and uh, and you, we were texting back and forth as the Dolphins were driving on their first drive to to, to, to end their streak after 12 straight games. It was such a good of, drive uh, too. It was an excellent drive, and you texted me. I'm just going to read the text here. You 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 texted me, but you didn't put a question mark at the end. You should have, because when I screenshotted it, um, it, it made it look like you were actually uh, in favor of this. Uh, I tweeted at you, uh oh, as the Dolphins crossed the 50. <laughs> I I, I, excuse me, texted you and you texted back rooting for a missed field goal or a turnover at this point, but no question mark. Just (laughs) and I said, Of course I am. And then you as the snap went over Brock Osweiler's head and it counted as a fumble sent a text to me with all capital letters and an exclamation point, opening drive curse continues. <laughs> you asked if somebody got video of me. Um, look, I'm not rooting against the Dolphins. I want the Dolphins to be good because somebody you, in you know, no, Hang
2: on a second. You it? root against the Dolphins after their opening drive ends. Okay. No, no. I,
1: I root for them after their opening drive. Right. I root yeah. against them on the opening drive because I want to be right about this. <laughs> and, and now, although this one was not Adam Gase's fault, we're now at 13 consecutive drives without points to start a game. We're now 19 consecutive drives without a touchdown. And as you mentioned to me today, Chiefs scored on their opening drive today. That's kind of been my, like sort of my counterbalance to the Mm. Dolphins. So last 13 opening drives, the Kansas City Chiefs have scored 68 points and the Dolphins have scored none. And my point again on Twitter was just saying you don't have Ryan Tannehill is not enough to excuse that when Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback for eight of those 13 games. Okay, so... Osweiler is not as good as Tannehill. I'm not arguing otherwise, but I'm, I'm sort of stunned at this point, Chris, I'm, I'm stunned. I'm Mm -hmm. stunned that dolphin fans are so beaten down, so beaten down. Okay. He fans a whole nother story. They're spoiled. Dolphin fans are so beaten down that they're basically willing to excuse anything. I mean, they excuse Tannehill for basically four plus years. Okay. And I thought Tannehill's fine. You think he? You thought he was fine. We've both now agreed they need to move on. And I believe they are going to move on because as three yards per carry is going to report and others are going to ignore and then Gase is going to ultimately confirm, uh, you know, I, I don't believe Ryan Tannehill's going to play again this season. I, 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 We had, you know, Rich Gannon was talking today like Tannehill's going to come back rip-roaring from the bye. I don't know if the, Gase is telling him that. But we—that's still not consistent with our reporting, and our reporting all along has had him out longer than the Dolphins have been willing to say. I, I recommend that everybody check out our episode, our bonus episode we did with Stefania Bell of ESPN over the weekend, because she kind of documents, you know, why this might be playing out publicly the way it is playing out publicly. But I don't necessarily think we're going to see Ryan Tannehill again this season. I'm not reporting that as fact. But that's just my belief in part because I trust Chris Kaufman's belief of three yards per carry, and I know some of what they've vetted, and that's just what I believe. So Brock Osweiler is likely their quarterback for the rest of the season, and he's not good enough. And that is a failure of management, and it's a failure of the coaching staff to not have somebody who's good enough in that particular situation. So that's kind of what I wanted to get out here is that, again, blaming it on Tannehill being out – for the fact that they have not scored an offensive touchdown in two games. Is Ryan Tannehill the reason that they have seven rushing touchdowns in the past two seasons? Is that, is that the reason? Because seven rushing touchdowns in the past two seasons. Todd Gurley, that's 25 games. Todd Gurley has 25 rushing touchdowns in those 25 games. The Dolphins have seven. Seven, okay? They got Frank Gore, basically, I thought, to clean up around the goal line. He doesn't have a touchdown this year. They don't give the ball to Kenyon Drake at all. Like it's not. This isn't even. We're doing this every week. Like why don't they get the ball to Kenyon Drake? They don't want to. They don't want to. They, they're just not interested in getting the ball to Kenyon Drake. I mean, like, that's at, at this
2: happen. at this point, you kind of have to say that Frank Gore is better. Like I I watched Frank Gore run the ball today, and in the first half, he was sensational. Like. like I I get like I get why Adam Gase now again long term Frank Gore is not going to be your running back three years from now but do you even plan for three years from now at the running back position you just kind of who's my guy this year and if you compare the two running backs Frank Gore's better like I'm not even I'm kind of done art now Kenny Drake can hit you you know with 50 yards right and I think was kind of better down to down last year than he's been this year and I would say I don't know if that's his fault or the scheme's fault or Adam Gase's fault the offensive line is offensive line's fault but every time we've kind of seen the two of them just like today frank gore 13 carries 90 yards 39 yard run when he didn't have a run at 25 yards for like 3 years before he got here and kenyon drake eight carries 27 yards like i mean at this point like i'm, I'm not even sure that's a problem now uh, I, I agree with you that it's a problem that they can't score uh, rushing touchdowns and they're not you know running the ball inside the 10 yard line we talk we're, we're going to talk about how the dolphins haven't had their haven't converted on their chances uh, particularly in this game to go and score in the end zone but I, I'm I'm kind of done arguing about Kenyon Drake or Frank Gore. Frank Gore's better for this year, right? I, I think we were kind of wondering, you know, wh- how good would Frank Gore be because he's 35 years old. Like, maybe we just have to get to, like, Manu Ginobili territory. Where it's like, until he's, like, bad, I- I'm fine saying that Frank Gore's the better player. He's the better player.
1: He may be the better player, but if he's the better player, <laughs> I, I mean, look, if he's the better player... Mm-hmm. At his age okay what what is frank now thirty six right? he's, he's thirty five okay he's thirty five I mean he's not taking a week off for paternity like the other thirty um, something <laughs> in the market dwayne <laughs> Wade but uh, he's he's thirty five years old and he's in terrific shape and he's an incredible example for anybody who plays professional sports all the way through um, but if he's the offensive player that you're leaning on at this stage, you have no offense you have no offense i mean that's i mean the idea Again, that last year, they would have dumped Ajayi. Turned out to be the right move, okay? And something else that our Chris Kaufman was right about when he posted all those videos of uh, of Ajayi's gait, okay, and was showing sort of that it didn't look right, and then he goes up to Philadelphia and has an injury again, and, and I don't know that he's ever going to be the same. So I'm not blaming uh, Gase for getting rid of Ajayi, but a big reason for doing it supposedly was you wanted to get the ball to Kenyon Drake more, right? And then Kenyon Drake showed you over those last five games kind of that that was correct reasoning, and then Adam Gase was right about that, and then getting a fourth-round pick for Ajayi, which they ended up flipping, uh, you know, they get Belage, and they end up flipping for, for Robert Quinn, uh, turns out to be the right move and, and all that, and so now you have Kenyon Drake, and you've decided that a 36-year-old who is still effective, but is not what he was. I mean, let's be, honest, he's not what he was. Okay. He's, he's not an elite running back at this stage and he's your bell cow at this point. And he's a bell cow. That also doesn't have a touchdown this year, not blaming him for that, but they haven't been in, in, even in position to give him the ball there or Gase, you know, Gase gets so cute when he gets down there that he doesn't even give him the ball, but th- that's where we are. I mean, that's where we are, that, that the dolphins have decided that their best tickets to victory are a 35-year-old running back who is well past his prime, although, again, admirable in terms of the way that he's playing, and a possession receiver who is basically, and it's pretty amazing, actually, what Amendola has done, um, considering the targets. I think they're completing about 78% of their passes when they target him this year, but he's their top receiver at 33, and, again, he's not a threat, You know, of any kind, you know, to make a big play. Most we
2: we saw him in open field today. I almost felt bad for him. Like that's aging in front of your eyes, Danny Amendola. You know, like Odell Beckham has taken that exact slant pattern where he's been wide open and taken it for seventy-five yards about six times in his Giants career, and Amendola has the same thing. Gets caught from behind pretty easily. Like, like that's a lack of speed and explosiveness before your very eyes.
1: Yeah. Look, and 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 that again, Gore and Amendola is where their offense is right now. And I hope. Look, I hope. I hope Jakeem Grant is okay. Uh, There were some reports afterwards. I mean, that was just terrible to see the two best stories they've had this year. In my opinion have been uh, other than the Minka have been Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson. And to lose both of them uh, would have been horrible. I don't know when Jakeem is going to play again. Um, But yeah, I mean, as long as he doesn't have a torn Achilles, I think you'll feel pretty good about that considering the way it looked like he was shot uh, when he came out of his break. But, I mean, they're relying on uh, they don't get the ball to Stills very much. He had a couple catches today. Uh, Parker is unreliable just in general, and they don't give the ball to Drake. So, uh, I mean, uh, this is the future of the Dolphins right now. Thirty thirty five year old Frank Gore. 33-year-old Danny Amendola. And we want to know why they're not scoring points. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. But first, I want to tell you about Brunt Insurance, one of the great new sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. And it's where you can get all of your protection under one roof. Brunt Insurance offers home, auto, commercial, and life insurance, and they're licensed to write insurance for the entire state of Florida. That's Pensacola, all the way down to the Keys. They got multiple carriers for all of the product lines, so they'll ensure you're paying the lowest rate in your particular area. And, and this is important, they are proud sponsors of the Home for Heroes program. So special discounts for first responders, teachers, military, and healthcare professionals. You got to check out bruntinsurance.com. It is the same on Twitter. Tell Greg that five reasons sent you. Another way to reach him, 954 589 2204. And now back to the episode. Is nobody responsible? Is that a lot of fans seem to have decided that nobody is responsible? It, it's just, it's, it was never Tannehill. Now it's not Gase.
2: I think, I think people, I think people would say that broken bodies are responsible would be sort of my question. Would, would sort of be, I, I, it's not a totally incoherent point, right? Like your starting quarterback having a knee injury that happens twice is unlucky and then having a shoulder injury in which he felt like I I wouldn't say Ryan Tannehill's brittle like he took a lot I mean unless you're saying that you know him taking 130 sacks over his first four years has made him a brittle player and that his body is broken down as a result of being sacked so much over the first few years of his career okay that that's an argument you could make but like him getting hit from behind on a fumble sack that cost you the Bengals game that has now had him out for five weeks is unlucky the fact that you know you have an offensive line that in on paper, looks like he can be really good. We saw it be really good for about three quarters, and today you're playing a, a crew of guys that like that sound like Madden name a player, right? That sound like when you're when you're in like year 20, like you're in the year 2027 in Madden and you've gone through 11 computer generated draft classes, you have Zach Stirrup, Jake Brendel, mm-hmm. uh, Travis Swanson, Jesse Davis, and Sam Young as your offensive line. Like, that's literally what it sounds like. like like, I, I, I got the injury report today uh, the inactive report from the Dolphins, and I almost like emotionally broke down on the air because it's like, wait, <laughs> wait, really? Like Tunsil and James are out. This is going to be a disaster. And like having four starting offensive linemen out is almost a non-starter. But having a, having a, your starting quarterback out. Is a non-starter. Like most teams don't survive that. Yeah, yeah. The Eagles won the Super Bowl. They're the outlier. Like even if you don't rate Ryan Tannehill very highly, even if you rate him as a bottom third of the league starter, he's still starting. He's still a starting caliber quarterback. And a lot of people said if you just name the biggest quarterback disappointment or quarterback you trust the least or worst quarterback in the league over the last five years, Brock Osweiler would come up in the, in conversation. And so losing players to injury to this degree, right? If you lose, you know, two and three starters every NFL team is losing two and three starters on both sides of the ball. This is a calamity. This is as bad as it could get in terms of health, in terms In terms of losing players to IR, losing players to long-term stretches that you were relying on coming into the season. You're relying on Ryan Tannehill being your starting quarterback. He's missed five games. You're relying on Josh Sitton to help fix the interior offensive line. You're relying on Albert Wilson to be a dynamic playmaker and a difference maker on offense. Like, when you're losing players you're relying on again and again and again and again, like that, that is unlucky. And it's kind of miraculous. They're five and five in spite of it.
1: The overall record is fine. Okay. Five and five. Cause you and I, as we've said many times, thought this was about a seven and nine or eight and eight team. All right. So that is the one place where, you know, I cut Adam Gay some slack overall because I say, all right, they are about, record-wise what you expected. And I understand that they've had a ton of injuries. I totally get that. I'm not downplaying it in any way. My point on this is very sp- it's specific. Okay. It's mm-hmm. specific. The guy is supposedly an offensive wizard. All right. And they are a pathetic offense, pathetic, like worst in their franchise history type offense. And, Yes, it's, you're going to give up some sacks. Like, what is it, six today? Mm-hmm. You're going to give up some sacks when you have basically an entire backup offensive line, except, I guess, the right guard uh, playing at this stage. Okay, understand, that's been unlucky. Losing Albert Wilson was unlucky, although let's be honest about that. Um, Albert Wilson, when we came into the year, the only person who thought that Albert Wilson was going to be one of their top two receivers was when we talked to Chris Chambers about it. I mean, most people thought Albert Wilson was their four, pretty much. Okay, so, I mean, let's not sort of overhype that. They still have their tight end who was the sec- second round pick who we thought they were going to feature more. Oh, but, I but, Adam, but Adam Gates told,
2: have- told you in preseason that Albert Wilson was an outside receiver for him. And a lot of people thought that they overspent on Albert Wilson and they trusted him. And so – you can't criticize adam gates for you know oh, well he, d- do we really think that people were going to rely on uh, we're going to rely on albert wilson and he pretty clearly told you that yes he was going to by <laughs> he, he, by saying he, he was an outside receiver by paying him a bunch of money like he knew that adam that albert wilson was going to be part of his offense he found him he played well and then he gets hurt like you can't criticize you can't say well eh, how big of an off- how, how big of a part of the offense was he going to be really
1: they had four other receivers that we knew that they were going to count on in some degree. also. I, I, what I'm saying is there was a depth situation at receiver where you would think you lose one guy out of your top five because remember, Devontae Parker is supposed to play like a first-round pick. You lose one guy out of your top five. And you think it's over, you can overcome it. The offensive line is a different story. The offensive line, they've gotten hammered on. Okay. But at receiver, a lot of teams are without one of their top five receivers or even one of their top three receivers. So, and tight end, they lost Marquise Gray. They plugged in O'Leary. He's been about the same as what Marquise Gray would have been. They still have their top two backs. Okay. And the quarterback. Again, I, I, you kind of mentioned it there where you're like Brock Osweiler was one, considered one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. That's true. But I just gave you the numbers. The numbers of Osweiler and Tannehill can I, this year are Can I give yes, you some ahead. numbers? Uh,
2: 2016 Brock Osweiler's quarterback rating was 72 with Houston. 15 starts, uh, 59 completion percentage, 15 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Uh, that's with DeAndre Hopkins, by the way. Uh, 2017 in Denver in six games, completion percentage 55.8 five touchdowns, five interceptions, quarterback rating 72. With the Dolphins, you mentioned his stats earlier, 64% completion, uh, 7.33 yards per attempt, up over 5.8 when he was the Texans starter, six touchdowns, three interceptions, quarterback rating of 91. Like, if we're saying that Brock Osweiler isn't that big of a drop-off from where he was when he was in Houston, not that big of a drop-off in comparison to Ryan Tannehill. Well, he's a significant upgrade up on himself, from where he was in 2016 and 2017 playing for Houston and Denver when he earned the reputation as one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. So does do the dolphins and their infrastructure get no credit for that?
1: No, they get some. They get some. I mean, the fact that he hasn't made—I mean, basically, what he hasn't done is made big mistakes. I mean, he takes sure. no chances, but he—but he hasn't—he but hasn't, he hasn't well, made big mistakes. Well, you know mistakes. what?
2: But like, but I, I do want to get back to the point, and, and this is where, like, and where we were going to argue about this tonight uh, in terms of me defending Adam Gates on this evening, right? Generally, I agree, right? This is a bottom third offense, and he was brought in here to fix it. He was brought in here to be you know, what Kyle Shanahan has been for the 49ers. Now, again, the record and some of the numbers will not... But, like, every once in a while, Kyle Shanahan will scheme you a victory with Nick Mullins as your quarterback. He was brought in here to be Sean McVay, who single-handedly turned around the Los Angeles Rams, or at least we can say before and after, right? They had some talent there, but... Uh, Jeff Fisher was not taking advantage of it, but and and we thought Adam Gase could be that, and he has not been. And I feel like that is an indictment of Adam Gase, and Adam Gase has not been has not lived up to what he was meant to be. Right? Let's let's get that out of the way. But today, Brock Osweiler is your quarterback on the road in Green Bay, and you have five scoring opportunities, and you can say that it's Adam Gase's fault that they only generated twelve points off those five scoring opportunities. But I feel like. What the Dolphins did today in getting 350 yards of offense on the road in Green Bay in, in a game in which not they were double-digit underdogs is maximizing what their offense can be with, with a backup quarterback that a lot of people thought was dreadful coming into this season and four backup offensive linemen starting for you. Like, getting that number of yards and that many opportunities, 300 yards of offense, by the way, mm. Get, getting that number of opportunities to score points I would say it's about as, 19 first downs on the day. It's about as well as you're going to do given the circumstances. That, that's all I'm saying about today's game is that they did as well as they could offensively, even scoring 12 points.
1: Okay. Um, Buffalo played the Jets today. Mm-hmm. And that's a Jets team that the Dolphins could not manage an offensive touchdown against last week. Mm-hmm. Buffalo is on its fourth quarterback. Um, I, I was not aware Matt Barkley was still alive, let alone, <laughs> let, let alone in the NFL. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, pull some some brock osweiler stats Do we want to pull some matt barkley stats let, let, let me see if i can find some Matt barkley stats uh, i mean like there's not going to be very many because didn't played uh, very much he hasn't played very much but let's let, let's take a look here let's say i mean this is the fourth guy that they went to i mean this is basically they're looking at any quarterback they can find so that kaepernick never plays again let, let me <laughs> let me go to yeah, uh, le, le,
2: the last time he played regularly was for chicago played seven games Eight touchdowns, 14 interceptions, quarterback rating 68. Uh, and then in 2013, when he first came in the league with Philly as a fourth-round pick, played in three games, quarterback rating of 45.
1: Is, is it fair to say that Brock Osweiler has been better over the course of his, his career than Matt Barkley has proved to be? Would, yes. would, you, agree, would yes, you agree? I,
2: I would agree with that, yes.
1: Oh, okay, and and we also were both at that Jet Dolphin game where where the the Dolphins were, failed to score an offensive touchdown against uh, the Jets and their coaching staff that's about to get fired. Is is that correct? Is yes, that, we were, that, yes, is we were there. Yes, is that, is that correct, yes. defendant? Okay, all right. So let's go to this, um, Chris, because again, uh, you know, the Dolphins did fail to score an offensive touchdown against the Jets at home, right? That mm-hmm. we, we did that in their stadium, correct? Right? Yep. In yeah, we were there. Stadium. Stadium formerly known as Joe Robbie Landshark uh, Dolphin. A lot of people, while they were there, well, lost their will to live. Okay, lost their will to live. Okay, because the Dolphins were so pathetic offensively against the Jets. Well, both, all right, teams today, were, both teams were pathetic offensively. <laughs> right, all right. All right. So today, the Buffalo Bills with Matt Barkley, yeah. a quarterback worse than Brock Osweiler over the course of his career. On the road, not at home, uh, like the Dolphins were against the Jets. Matt Barkley today was 15 of 25 for 232 Two touchdowns, no interceptions, sacked just once, quarterback rating of 117.4, and the Bills put up uh, 41 points. Now, not all of them were offensive, I don't believe, because I think the Jets gave some stuff away. Uh, McCown was picked a couple times, but uh, this is why I'm just tired of the excuses, because I feel like you can look at every team in the league. I mean, the Bills historically bad on offense. Okay, I I, I mentioned this last week on the pod. Dolphins are historically bad for their franchise, right? Like, historically bad offensively. This Bills team and that Cardinals team that's currently playing are historically bad for the league for the last 10, 15 years, okay? And the Bills put up 41 today with their fourth quarterback all right on the road against a team that the dolphins could not score an offensive touchdown. Again, I'm tired of the excuses. I'm just tired of them. I, I, you know, I mean, it's like we're given participation medals here. Like, okay. They, so they got to the red zone a bunch of times and they kicked four field goals. Terrific. Darren Rizzi's the best coach in the team, by the way, he always that unit. And they had a couple of moments today that were not ideal. Obviously they got beat on a fake after they had a fake, but he, he finds a kicker. I mean, he can find a kicker off the scrap. Heap. He can, he could go up. I mean, and, You know, any of your soccer players, he'd grab them and they'd start (laughs) kicking (laughs) 45-yard field goals. Like, that that unit is always prepared, okay? That unit does good things, all right? Their kickers are always good. Adam Gase's unit never is. I, and that, that's what I'm getting at here is that I, I, it's just like one excuse but, after another. No, it's, okay, it's, but, okay. But okay. He the, doesn't have Tannehill. Like Tannehill is somehow fucking drew Brees in his prime. Now, like everybody was complaining about Tannehill three weeks ago. Now he's a God. Like, where's this coming from?
2: Ryan Tannehill is a capable NFL starter though. Like, and that's when, when he's bad, which by the way, He's well capable of turning the exact same performance that Osweiler turned in today. I'm not saying that if Tannehill plays, that all of a sudden they have a great offense. But He was
1: worse against Cincinnati than Osweiler was today. Would right, we agree cause on that? Look,
2: right, because he lost you the game and cost you 14 points. Like, Right. Like that, just not not giving the other team points is an upgrade on what Ryan Tannehill did against the Bengals. So, like again, on the road, we've seen that performance from him a million times. Even moving the ball and failing to score is something we've seen from Ryan Tannehill a million times. It's just... The frequency, right? Like, you talked about the Bills. Like, isn't what the Bills did today what the Dolphins did against the Bears with Brock Osweiler's quarterback? Like, you can do it once, but Matt Barkley's going to score 13 points next week. Like, the Bills have not found anything. They they turned in one good performance against the Jets and that, like that's not going to happen for the rest of the season. Like the bills have somehow pulled together three victories out of their ass that no one could have possibly expected, right? When they went on the road and beat the Vikings and then, and then they beat it the, and they beat the jets today. Like, and people were expecting this team to go, Oh, in 16, like NFL teams are better than that. But I, I don't think like the bills also ran the ball for 200 yards, which maybe you can say that Adam Gase never let his team run the ball for 200 yards because they would never run the ball 46 times, which is what the bills did today. But I, I guess it's, it's one of those things that I, I I just don't see that well because Matt Barkley did this today and because Brock Oswald doesn't do that often enough. It's you know in, in indicative of of the bigger issue. Like the Bills are still dreadfully bad on offense. The Dolphins are too, but I like their situation a little bit better. Even if the Bills turn to one good performance in New York, but a- and, Adam Gase- and I'm still and I'm still prepared to make excuses for Adam Gase because the last year and a half for his strategy for what he's wanted to do has it, almost none of it has come off. Like we've just it, like,
1: transferred, we've just transferred the excuses from Tannehill to gaze that, to me, that's what's happened this season. Like, uh, like a lot of people who've been making excuses for Tannehill for a long time, but I
2: think, but I think they finally, like,
1: finally like, threw up their hands and said, okay, yeah. we get it. Okay. He's just, I mean, you, you, Simon Clancy of three yards per carry, Chris Kaufman of three yards per carry, others in our network, others that we associate with on social media and other places, Finally, okay, the last holdouts on Tannehill have been like, all right, it's enough, let's move on. We've given it enough time. Now, some of it may be because now he's never healthy, and that was always the thing you could count on was that he would be healthy. I
2: I think for me, me it was always like if he and Adam Gaze had a regular run together and the offense, like he's he's a quarterback that needs everything to be right about him, around him, right? And it's too much to expect of an NFL team to have – Five, like the Dallas Cowboys offensive line with Odell Beckham at receiver with Jimmy Graham at tight end and, you know, uh, and Todd Gurley in the backfield. Like that's what it would take for Ryan Tannehill to look like a quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl as a team that good. And I think as long as, specifically as long as Mike Tannenbaum is in charge, and frankly, like, Ozzy Newsom has built bad rosters, and he's widely considered as one of the best roster builders in the entirety of the league. And you look at his roster in the last five years with Joe Flacco making a lot of money, they've not been good rosters. It's really hard to build at that level. The Seahawks have drafted poorly since they built the Legion of Boom and have struggled to build out a sound roster, and Russell Wilson's kind of keeping them afloat. But that's the thing. Russell Wilson keeps them afloat. Ryan Tannehill does not and I feel like you were hoping that maybe Ryan Tannehill could reach a a stage where he could because he showed you signs in some games. But again, analyzing this stuff is about consistency. How, How consistently are you doing this? And Ryan Tannehill's consistency is like one every three games. And at a certain point, you reach a stage where you're entering year seven. He's 30 years old, and you've watched seven years of your life go by, and it's like, all right. It's enough. Let let's try something else.
1: We've told you about all the other great podcasts in our network, but in addition to all of that free content, we know that some of you want more and you want more from us in particular. So we've got a Patreon feed for you. We've kept the price down at three dollars per month. And what you get are commentaries from myself and others around the network and also special podcasts. So we've got a podcast called The War on I4. That's four different guys in our network, two from USF. Two from UCF, which happens to be the best team in the state, college or pro at this point. And they're actually got College Game Day coming to Orlando this week for the UCF game. So make sure you check out the War on I-4 podcast. Lots of fun. Those guys go at it. And also commentaries from myself, Ricky J. Mark, and others. You can find it on Podbean. That's the only place you can find it. That is our hosting app. So if you download the Podbean app for free on either Google Play or on iTunes, just go there, click on Patreon. And enter your information to pay the three dollars, and you will get every new episode on Patreon as soon as it posts. And now back to the episode. So when do you get there with the case?
2: Um I get what, there. What, what,
1: when, when do the excuses stop?
2: Um, I would say, uh, you know, I think it's when I feel like at, I feel like the Dolphins are underperforming expectations. So that's generally how we how we. React to coaches, right? Where if I looked at if I looked at Adam Gase's team and went, well, with another coach they could be doing this, or well, if uh, you know, like, I think this guy is better than what he's shown under Adam Gase. I just don't see a lot of that. Like I don't see players on this team or on this offense, I should say, players on this offense, where I go, well, if he was playing for not not you know not for Belichick right because Belichick cheats like and not not I don't mean literally but like just sort of he can pluck anyone and it would and it would work for the and even the Patriots they scored 10 points today in Tennessee but like if he if he played for an average NFL or a different NFL team that's not one of the greatest right where you see you pluck him in on the Rams and put him next to all those threats and, and you know he gets to be the fifth guy and you know be the open guy where like with you know Devontae Parker Danny Amendola A.J. Derby and Frank Gore, again, a lot of these are his choices, but I'm just sort of saying, I I don't think that another... I don't think if, like, Sean McVay stepped in here that it would look like the Rams do. The Rams have really talented players. If I looked at the Dolphins situation and went, well, it should be better based off of these players and based off of these failures of Adam Gase, like, I just don't see the schematic failures, other than, like like you said, maybe getting too cute in situations where you can just run the ball on third and one and get a yard, right? Like, I just don't see the schematic failures or the underperforming players that I think bad coaching is happening. And until I do, like, I'm prepared to say the Dolphins having their backup quarterback and four backup offensive linemen is the reason you lose that game today and not the coach.
1: Is it bad coaching that your most explosive players on offense never get the ball? I mean, is it... it I mean, that that's, See, that, that's what I'm getting at. Like they don't have that many of them. Why don't they use the ones they have? What? Why are Why are they leaning? See, this is what strikes me about about the way Gase coaches. It's like he has this very rigid. It's funny because I always felt I felt that the Heat have been this way a little bit. But like he has this very rigid standard, right? Like for what players should be doing and how reliable they should be. And this led to the problems with Landry. And, you know, remember the end of last year where he was talking about guys not running the right routes or not being in their playbook and all that? And you, you kind of inferred that it was about Landry and about a giant, about a couple of guys. So what he basically decides is, I'm going to lean on the guys who I know will be in the right place, even if they can't make an explosive play to save their lives at this point of their careers. So it's like he's basically decided at this stage, OK, I know Danny Amendola is going to run to the right spot. Okay, I know Frank Gore is going to hit the hole. And so we're going to feed those guys, which means that the only way we're going to score any points is on a 12 play drive. And we have a quarterback and an offensive line now that's not good enough to sustain a 12 play drive. You might get to eight plays. You might get to nine plays. You might get to the
2: 17 yard line, but eventually the ball is going to get snapped over the quarterback's head.
1: Right. And eventually I'm going to be right about the first drive thing. Right. (laughs) So, 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 so what he's doing is he's counting on guys who cannot make big plays for him at all. Instead of finding a way to get the ball to stills finding a way to get the ball in Drake's hands more often, okay? And look, maybe they're not the right guys for those positions. Maybe. I mean, I I had higher hopes for Kenny this year than it's turned out to be. He was developing chemistry with Tannehill. I mean, he's always kind of had chemistry with Tannehill, but it it looked like it was really coming together. He made two terrific touchdown catches. Um, He doesn't seem to have any chemistry with Osweiler. It doesn't seem to be there, right? Um, You know, when I asked him last week um, before he beat me in ping pong in the quarterfinals of the Jason Taylor ping pong tournament in the third game, Uh, When I asked him last week, okay, about getting deep, and he said, you know, just kind of going within the confines of the game plan. Like, you know, it appears that Brock either doesn't, you know, trust the protection enough or just can't make the downfield throws. Doesn't seem to have any connection. But I'm looking at their offense, and I'm saying, you know, why before he got hurt tonight was not – was Jakeem Grant not more involved, right, because he can make that kind of play. So basically they've just decided – we're going to take the old guys that we can rely upon and we're going to go to them. And and I hate to say it. Okay. But the heat have kind of done this too. Like, I mean, uh, you know, before again, Dwayne Wade's decided to take a week off. Now he has the highest usage rate on the heat. He's 36. And it's like Eric Spolster's decided, okay, you know, I still trust Dwayne. Like that old spoke quote that he gave to me. Like, I'll go to my grave with Dwayne Wade, taking the shot at the end of the game. He's basically like going to his grave with Dwayne, having the highest usage rate at age 62. Like this is uh, coaches are so afraid of players that provide risk to them right that that they won't end up feeding the guys who can actually make plays for them. And and that's and, and that's no disrespect to Gore, Amendola, Wake, Wade, or any of the other old guys that we have in our market. Okay. But it, it's it's not going to get you anywhere because ultimately youth wins, youth wins, explosiveness wins, uh, especially the way that those two sports are played right now, where NBA games are have paces where the games are all one twenty five to one twenty three. OK, or NFL games where you can't touch anybody and everybody's completing seventy five percent of their passes to, to be playing like small ball not small ball, but like snail ball. OK, it's not going to work. And, and that's, again, what's frustrating about Gase is, you know, we keep talking about he doesn't have weapons. I don't know if he has weapons. He doesn't use them. He doesn't use them. He's using a 33 year old and Danny Amendola and a 35 year old and Frank Gore. And the results are the results. And the results are that you're talking about, again, 13 straight games without a point opening drive. You're talking about two straight games without a touchdown. You're talking about historically bad Dolphin offense. And you're talking about, you know, I know Oswald has played better than he has over the course of his career. Yes. But also, I mean, they're not getting anything done with him and they didn't really get anything done with Tannehill. So I don't know what the difference would be. And so all of this together and then add to that, the Rashad Jones thing, which we haven't talked about at all, but Mm. we probably should touch on. But you're making a point to Rashad Jones. I don't agree with what Rashad Jones did last week at all. Okay, I mean, he handled it terribly, right? Like, I mean just terribly, okay? Can't take yourself out of the game in that situation. Can't let your teammates down in that situation. I I, I understand why the Dolphins were upset. I didn't like the gaze through Matt Burke under the bus on that. Okay. But you know, to suspend him for the first quarter of today's game, like point are you proving like what, what, what i mean so you take him out of the game and they were gashed up the middle on a running play would it have been different if rashad was in there i don't know maybe maybe not okay he it had was tj mcdonald's side of the
2: field and he was the one that took the bad angle so okay okay it, it right. might have been the same
1: it might have been the same thing but to take him off the field like i keep coming back to this they don't have that many good so, so, players they don't have that many so let
2: me ask so let me see this question would it have been preferable if they suspended him for the whole game if they just said, like, for, for that game, it is an internal suspension, he is being suspended for a game for doing that.
1: Because I, like, I you're, I think, you're, you're I think, basically I think... saying he's being suspended for quitting. I will have to look at this, and I, I should have done this before we started the podcast. I will have to look at what the maximum fine would have been under the CBA, because they are restricted to a certain degree on that, and I would have fined the hell out of him. Okay, Mm -hmm. and there's another thing here that's going to be much more punitive, which is that he's owed. Was it a roster bonus after the season? It's like nine million dollars. Yes. And you can take out your punishment then if you want to, if you decide to move on without him. But like to punish the team, to punish the team, to take him out in the first quarter, to create another distraction and again, to. Take one of your best players out when we keep hearing about what you talked about this injury list that wanted to make you cry, and then you have a player who's been playing hurt the whole season. All right, with a partially torn labrum, okay, which is what we believe Ryan Tannehill has. You, you're he's playing the whole season like that. He's playing hurt, playing for his teammates, and you sit him. Uh, did I miss something? Do the Dolphins have a bunch of other pro bowlers on their defense? Uh, do they have one in the linebacking core? Is, is there one? They're pretty I'm good with Adam last week. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, they were pretty good with Adam last week. That's true. But do they have a bunch of other pro bowlers on the defense? In their prime? Because Cameron Wake's not in his prime. Do, do they have a lot of them? They I mean, Xavier Howard, maybe. I don't think he's going to get there because I don't think he's got enough notoriety, but he's a very good player. There's kind of a Kiko Alonzo for the pro bowl buzz this week. And then we watched him cover. <laughs> I, look, right. I, 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 I just... To me, it's it's another of those things where it's like making a point for the sake of making a point. And I feel like he's made a lot of points over the years and not scored a lot of points over the years. Thank you for listening to the Fire in the Pocket. Thank you so much.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator